Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of the Buffalo Happy Hour. What's up, Mike? Derek, we're with our first non-whiskey guests. Absolutely. We are here with the Briar Brothers. Brothers. How's it going, guys? (laughs) Going good. It's going well. Yeah. You know, happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. You. you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. Uh, so my name is Dylan Betty. I am the head brewer and owner of Briar Brothers Brewing Company. And uh, I'm Joel Betty, uh, head of operations and co-owner of Briar Brothers Brewing Company. Nice. So what made you guys get into the brewing business? Honestly, it uh, probably started just like everybody else uh, who goes out with their buddies a couple of nights a week, has some beers and figures. Why spend $5 a pint trying to do this when you can just give it a shot yourself? Uh, stumbling with ideas of what to get Dylan for Christmas the one year, and I uh, figured, well, why not Why not both of us benefit from this gift and uh, got him a, a home <laughs> brew kit. Um, so he opened it, seemed excited, and uh, we had all these aspirations of getting into it right away, and uh, it sat in the closet for a little while. <laughs> but... Uh, it got a little snowy out, and it got a little boring. We were just sitting at home, nothing to do, nowhere to go, and figured it was the time to give it a go. Yeah, um, <clears throat> so really, it's you know, it was your standard homebrew kit. So you know, you didn't need any fancy equipment, anything like that. We were literally in the kitchen with a with a, a stock pot that you make soup in, and <laughs> nice. then that was it. And you're going running water from the sink, and um, you know, we spent hours in there just like learning and just reading the instructions over and over again like what does this word mean googling like what the terminology is because those the those um those kits are made for beginners but mm. the idea is that you have some kind of idea what you're doing and right we had no idea you know all we knew was how to drink it at that time <laughs> so uh, it definitely opened a door for us and you know it, it became almost an addiction you know right from the start so speaking of that what was your go-to beer before you started doing this and then also what was your first beer when you got the kit 
So for me, I before like I got into you know craft beer, I was always in like darker beers, stouts, porters, things like that. And then it wasn't until Joel and I went like on a like a mini road trip to Boston, like Massachusetts oh, cool. area, and we tried out like the New England IPAs, and we had those where it really then grabbed my attention. And I think, you know, tasting the variety that they offer, just the, you know, first of all, like, the look, the the flavor, the aroma, everything about like a New England IPA, it, it drew me in, and I think that's what really caught my attention to wine to like let's try to make this like let's just see you know what are they doing that you know that this is happening like what are they doing differently yeah. or what so i think to me like it, it started off drinking craft beers moving from like that you know bud light miller light kind of you know category <laughs> to to stouts porters then to new England ipas which is really what then caught my attention to craft beer and like oh, the, okay. the industry itself cool mine was blue moon i thought yeah. that was a craft beer i, yeah. Yeah. I liked the uh, i liked going to the store buying <laughs> an orange or a couple of them slicing them up and having them with my buddies and just be like this is this is craft beer and this is the uh this is the peak of craft beer and this is what we want but that was a long time ago yeah. <laughs> my, my uh my story i guess isn't as cool as dylan's but uh, <laughs> i mean that really that trip did actually open the eyes and figure out that hefeweizens and yes. beers that need fruit in them are like as a draw to it is not necessarily i guess where i want to figure things out yeah. to be so <laughs> uh, I grew from there like Dylan said uh, you know New England IPAs just I mean we caught in on the fad just like everybody else did and uh, we thought we'd give it a shot and I think that's the first beer that he tried to put together was that uh, New England IPA yeah um, the kit was a New England IPA kit and it did not taste like what we tasted when we were in Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, that's for, done, that's right? for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it wasn't anywhere close, actually. Um, we, yeah, we had such beginner equipment, things like that. You know, and you had aspirations that it would like, it would come out that well. You're looking at it, you're watching it, you're like, oh, like, you know, you're looking at the color while it's, you know, fermenting and whatnot. You're like, this isn't gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> but you were like, you spent way too long in the kitchen. You spent way too much time like sanitizing, cleaning to be like to just give up on yeah. it. So we waited what like a month and a half to try it. Yeah, because I mean, we just kept checking those bottles because that's the only way we knew how to carbonate carbonate back then was just putting them in bottles, setting them in the the coat closet back there for a month, month and a half, and then. It's time to time to open up, and we were we were dreaming of uh, blue moons. <laughs> we were hoping for blue moons after that. I'll That's tell you. awesome. That's I think so we cool. I think we reached a point of like denial when we were drinking. We're like, yeah, this is good. Like, this oh, is yeah. really yeah. good. And I heard just say it enough. Yeah. Yeah. I've been Hawaii right now more. Yeah. <laughs> we're just giving dirty looks to our friends as they're tasting it. Like, it's good, right? Yeah. yeah. You like this? Yeah. I will literally kick you out of my house. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, that was pretty much. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we did that. That was our first beer. And then, you know, I think that's what really showed how much we enjoyed it was that it didn't deter us from trying again. Sure. Um, so we went back, bought another kit. Uh, that was, it was a little bit of a different kit. I think it was another IPA kit. But at that point, too, over that month and a half between doing the first beer, I was I was learning. I, I don't have any formal education behind brewing. Uh, it's all self-taught. It's okay. literally there's a book called How to Brew Beer. Nice. read that front to back at least three times already wow. um, so you know I was doing that going to YouTube University everything in between and YouTube University right. and we um, I started like liking milkshake IPAs so, oh interesting right so you know I started tasting them I started getting you know I just liked the um the mouthfeel, the creaminess of a milkshake style IPA. Have you ever had a milkshake IPA? I just wonder how many boys showed up in your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Not until oh we got my two God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and so um, we, we bought the kit and I was like, let's modify this. Like, let's just like, let's go crazy and do our own thing with it. So I bought the kit through lactose in it, which makes it a milkshake IPA. Mm-hmm. And I think it was almost the same ending. It got a little bit better. I mean, it, it tasted better. I thought that beer was great. So, yeah, we threw pineapple in it too. Yeah. We threw fresh pineapple in there. And, and that was your second batch? That was our second batch. Yeah, because again, like. You I, guys started off strong. IPAs, then milkshake IPAs. Yeah. Don't people start with lagers and ales? Yeah, for the most yeah. part. Yeah, exactly. We don't have time. <laughs> we want to fail and we want to fail hard. Yeah, yeah. Give it everything. <laughs> But yeah, that was our first beer like that we named officially. We called it Hang Loose. It was oh, just okay. uh, yes, and we haven't brewed it since, but uh, we'll get there. I've been asking them to. <laughs> we'll get there. So what kind of beers do you have right now? Yeah. Um, so right now in your tasters, we have, um, that's our milk stout. Oh, it's okay. one of them at least. It's called Perfect Imperfections. All of our stouts, and we kind of wanted to build like a, like, what's what I'm looking for here? It's almost kind of just like a niche or a, uh, a series, if you will, right. for our stouts. Uh, all of our stouts are um, oxymorons. So, okay. uh, so we have these perfect imperfections, and we have Public Secret, public secret. Uh, Beautiful Disaster. It's sweet. You know. It's a really good idea. Yeah, so just kind of have that series of stouts, and they're all different. There's Imperial Milk Stouts, but usually our stouts, you know, I think the direction we're going is all of our stouts will be an oxymoron at some point. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so this one, we love adjuncts to stouts. Now, again, stouts are great on their own. They, I don't feel like they really need much added to them, but um, we're big fans of coffee. Joel and I are big coffee drinkers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, right. Yeah, so a lot of more going through my veins right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, more of our styles than not do have some form of, you know, coffee in them, whether, whether it's a cold brew that we do or if we just condition it on top of whole bean coffee. Um, wow. Perfect Imperfections, it actually has Ethiopian coffee. Really? So, yeah. So with this one, the roast that we were looking at, it has almost a description of like honey and melon. And we figured with a milk style, it, it might complement a little bit with the sweetness. Sure. And then we also conditioned it with um, Indonesian vanilla. Oh, okay. So, you know, you get that vanilla taste. Again, a lot of our styles do have vanilla in them as well. I just think it's just Very a, interesting. a thing that we enjoy. Um, so, yeah. So, again, it's dark color. It's got the, you know, maltiness to it that a stout would oh, yeah. want. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, it's just a real easy drinker. It comes in like 7.5%, 7. 7.4. Okay. So, it's it's heavier. It's yeah. on the heavier side. But it goes down real smooth, real light. You can smell the chocolate right off the bat. Right. Yep. Sweet. So that's oh my gosh. Dangerous. That is very good. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Nice job. Wow. <laughs> it's thicker than I thought, but it's good. Right. Yeah. And it's very good. Yeah, the thing we, we kinda <laughs> want to avoid is that that stout that's just lingering in yeah. your mouth and just feeling like you're chewing on it after a while. Yeah, yeah. seriously, um, it's like the end of a boot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. But uh Yeah, like know, it starts heavy but it finishes so soft. Like it just yes. goes right down. Right. Right. I think a lot of that, from what I understand, is a lot of the vanilla helping out with that. And uh, but I think that coffee finish at the end is is exactly what we were looking for again as uh, big coffee drinkers and whatnot. So how is this, um, like, to do it again the same way every time? How hard is that to duplicate it? That's something that uh, we've honed in on as the uh, the batches continue. Um, I mean, thankfully, he's got a great system uh, in place where he keeps track of what he's doing. But uh, as I'm sure Dylan will tell you more and more about it, it's such a science that has just one minute off or a couple degrees off during your process um, can take it from something that you're extremely happy about to something that you end up putting down the drain. And I'm sure, again, Dylan could explain that even better. Yeah, there, um, you know, consistency is huge, and that's a big reason why you know we brew on the system we brew on now is to you know eliminate any variables that can cause inconsistency, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of make your your day a little bit more seamless almost. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, there's there's so many variables that go into brewing. It's you know, I won't get into too much about like your mash temperatures, your fermentation mm-hmm. temperatures, and if those vary in any way, and even by the slightest amount, it can change the outcome of what you're producing and what your product is. So, you know, we've rebrewed batches, and you know, I think we've gotten to a point where we're we're happy with the consistency, and they've been coming out, you know, very similar. And you know, with new IPAs is a big thing because the amount of hops that you're throwing in there. It's, right. You know, how is it? You know, how is your fermentation going? You know, when you're dry hopping, things like that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, consistency is huge. It's, it's it, you know, it does come down to like a science almost when, you know, but luckily there are programs, computer programs that we use that almost make that, it, it lightens that like stress up for, sure. and, you know, you just keep notes. You just, you know, if you do something different one day, you write it down. Anything mm-hmm. that you do that's different or certain times that you do certain things during the brewing process, you always write it down because you could have a hit and you could forget what you did that day and it's gone. So. I, I think people don't understand how scientific it actually is. Yeah. They think they can just buy a kit and make it themselves, but clearly... So we thought. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. But clearly it's a very, very... Right. Like, a pinch more and it's all done. Exactly. Yeah. It's, wow. Yeah. Thankfully, um, to that though, you know, we're at that point and we're at that size right now where we're happy to be okay with making something a little different from time to time. Sure. You know, we have a system and the the amount that we're making, the volume of what we're making right now, we're, we're having more fun trying new things mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to replicating the same thing over and over again. We have the, the freedom and the liberty to you know, try new things, things that we don't know if they're going to work together or we want them to work together, but they might not. And it it's just allows us to find things that are going to make us even better and more, you know, well-rounded when it comes time to, you know, having our spot of our own and people in and out. And that's uh, something that, you know, Dylan's continued to do, um, batch in and batch out is kind of push his own limits as well as just go with it flow, you know, just figure it out as we're going through it. And that's, again, what the nice thing is about having a system like this and being where we're at. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, yeah. Again, like, you know, like Joel said, it's fun to experiment, you know, a lot of breweries and you see it, they have those beers that they have to put out consistently to keep mm-hmm. up with production. Um, so, you know, for us, again, we don't have that. We're able to just, we have the liberty of just doing whatever we want, when yeah. we want. So, Were you ever afraid of coming up with all your, like, your numbers, right? So you have, this is how I do things, but are you ever afraid that your numbers are going to match somebody else's and you're like, well, now what? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's true. Uh, yes and no. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is very hard to replicate another beer. Um, it's, it's like if, you know, there's too many factors that go into it. So a lot of brewers and like, what's so great about the brewing community and, you know, local brewers and even ones I've talked to out of state, they're so open to tell you little tips and tricks that they do. Uh, there's no secret because at the end of the day, literally the water that you brew with determines how your beer tastes. Sure. So I can't brew, you know, the water, I can't get water from Massachusetts. So they can, you know, they will tell me things that they're doing that is different and, you know, those secrets that they have. So there's no really win way of copying another recipe or another beer down to a T where you're like, this is the same thing. And we're just, you know, we're Naming ripping them off. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, we're not too worried about that. A lot of New England IPAs, they do have a very similar base recipe. It's just how you, you know, hop it, how, what yeast mm-hmm. you're using, things like that. So there's so many different things you can do. There's so many different options available that you're really not replicating another brewery's beer and if you are you don't really know the difference if yeah. and if it's not done an accident right how much beer can you guys make at once uh so right now our max so within a single brew day we can produce about 15 gallons wow yeah so that's if we're doing like a 
like our Berliner Weiss, which uh, doesn't require you know too many hops, anything like that. We can get about 15 gallons of drinkable liquid from that. From that, so yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of. Out of drinking lot. around here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would literally just like spend my entire weekend guzzling <laughs> yeah, for the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I stab at the weekend. That's what I say. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. So, uh, as our listeners know, and as you guys know, we've started with whiskey and the distilled spirits. Mm-hmm. Can you guys go into the the legalities behind how you guys are um, like doing your process right now and how you're building up to potentially sell to the public in the future? Yeah, um, I mean, right now. New York State and uh, the areas that we're looking to operate in, we don't have strict guidelines in place where we do need to find a brick and mortar, if you will, where we can set up shop, name as our own, um, and begin that process. Unfortunately, this uh, beautiful setup we have over here doesn't qualify uh, under the uh, New York State guidelines for us to apply for a liquor license yet. So everything we're doing right now is just for kind of our own consumption and for our friends mm-hmm. that come over. Um, so. Right now, we're in the process. It takes a little while. There's a lot of forms and yeah. time frames to wait for, and we're we're plugging through. Yeah. Um, you know, we're we're doing the steps necessary before we actually have to start putting money down because we don't have that uh, that rich step uncle who's ready to step <laughs> yeah. in and throw us a couple a uh, couple hundred thousand. That would be that, nice. Uh, that we can just <laughs> go out there and rent a building down the street, but. Um, we're, we're making things happen. I mean, again, really what I'm happy about and excited about is the, uh, you know, the strides that we're making with the actual beer and how it comes out. So uh, we hope to be able to have these available for people by the, you know, hopefully at the end of this year and early of 2021. And people can keep up with your journey on your Instagram, right? You have social media? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, everything we do goes through our Instagram. Okay. That's our primary account. You can also follow myself on Facebook. Joel as well. Uh, we, we connect our Facebooks to everything, um, well, to our Instagram. So anything we post on Instagram, it does connect that way as well. Oh, cool. Uh, but yeah, any, you know, any new beers that we release, any kind of you know, new things we're doing, if we have new merch coming out, anything like that, uh, it also, uh, Instagram's the primary uh, social media outlet that we have right now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we do a lot. That way you can kind of see just the different styles of what we're doing. And, you know, the, again, I said, we're in that experimental phase where we're just trying new things, things that sound crazy, things that, you know, other places have tried, failed, or things that they wanted to improve on. Uh, so it's a really good way to see that. We do a lot of community outreach, too, like whether it be bringing beers to a you know, local golf tournament or oh, something cool. like that over the summer. Um, it's things that we, you know, just try and keep ourselves familiar with the community. Mm-hmm. And you'll see all that through Instagram. Nice. That's awesome. awesome. What what merch do you guys have? Uh, so right now, you know, I, every couple weeks we'll uh, put in a new shirt order. So we have the uh, the ones that you'll see uh, Dylan wearing right now, which is our, our primary t-shirt. Uh, we have like an alternative logo that just kind of has uh, Briar Bros uh, with kind of like a dripping ink uh, look oh. to it. Uh, we're in the process of getting some crew neck sweatshirts out there by uh, a lot of the popular demand of the, the public out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's really where we're at now. You can see that we have some coasters. Yeah, these are uh, sick. We've got some coasters that are out here, um, bottle opener keychains, just all the uh, the fun knickknacks that you can want for your, your beer drinking uh, necessities. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> so what made you choose the name Briar Brothers as a, as a brand? Because that's not your last name, right? It's not. Um, you probably are expecting a really fun story, but um, <laughs> we grew up on Briarwood in West Seneca. Oh, okay. And we just so happen to be brothers. There you uh, go. So here we are. Are you guys first. twins? No. 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 Who's no. older? Me. Okay. Yeah, but he's three years younger. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I think we were, like, it, was, it was around this table that Briar Brothers came to like fruition. Um, 
I think we were just like drinking beers and like so the hardest no, we were we were slamming shots of James. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Whiskey yeah. somehow. I knew that it would happen. <laughs> I don't need to be quaint about it. We were slamming. <laughs> yeah, we were we were pretty messed up. <laughs> and uh, I think like at least between Joel and I, well, Briar Brothers. Thankfully, that came seamlessly just maybe because we were heavily intoxicated that we were disagreeing <laughs> with whatever we said and it just stuck the next morning yeah. but even like so the name of the brewery seamless but like naming a beer to us is probably one of the biggest things that we go back and forth on yeah it's you know i'll send him a beer like hey this is you know we're coming out with this we got a name for it and he'll send me something like ah, like <laughs> yeah nah, i don't like it and then and then of course i'll send something back and he's got to be like the big brother and be like nah i don't like it either. <laughs> and i'm like no i'm just gonna post it and then, <laughs> the thing that's easy that's why we came up with these series though is because there's very difficult to disagree on an oxymoron right I mean, true. most of these sound pretty cool so i mean we've had very fewer uh back and forth uh over the names of some of our scouts but uh yeah that's kind of where we go so you have the oxymoron theme what, what other do you have other themes for your other brands too no. your yes yeah we have a our berliner weiss uh which we can uh, get into towards the end here just based off of how our palettes sure. uh, develop oh, um but uh, <laughs> look at you using the fun words <laughs> yeah. um but yeah our, our berliner weiss as we started off a couple batches ago it's our punch bowl series so that's uh, that's another thing, and we kind of just name the uh, the punch bowl based off of what fruit and what adjuncts that we're putting into it. So we've had um, mango, mango and peach so yeah. far. So um, we have mango pe- uh, punch bowl and a peach punch bowl. Yep. So yeah, that's that. And then uh, we also have Phantom, which is our experimental IPA series. Oh, okay. So Phantom uh, is a New England style IPA that we base recipe but we change the hops that go into it in each one and you know that's a way for us to kind of experiment how different hops interact with each other like how they complement each other things like that so that one will always be the same recipe but just different hops and it usually comes in variables of three sometimes two sure. uh, depends you know what we're trying to see you know it's just how we kind of see how hops interact and what we want to do with future beers different you know style ipas anything like that so you know, that, those are pretty much <clears throat> the three main series and yeah. then we have some in-betweeners some nice. You know, Still some, some ideas. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that. And I mean, ready? Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So, is there a specific requirement of the mash that you have where it has to be in order to call it a certain like IPA Thing? or to yeah. call it a stout or to call it something, or is it not as strict? It's really how you like determine what a beer is is really what the grain that you're using okay um yeast as well um hops i mean all of it really depends i mean you know for new england ipas for example you're using a lot of base malt a lot of like okay. you know simple pilsner malt two row things like that uh you're also adding flaked adjuncts to add that you know that haze that had retention um so i mean that pretty much you know that's how you categorize an ipa but really it's the op- the um which i'm looking for it's almost it's almost endless of what you can do oh, okay. and how you can categorize it. So I mean, of course, like you know, you can make sour stouts if you wanted. You can make you know farmhouse IPAs. So it all just it all rolls around just really how you want to play with. it. I feel things. like you get a lot of like liberty in your own kind of say of what you want this beer to be. Yeah. Like I mean, if you want it to qualify as this type of an IPA or this type of a a stout, you know, it just it. all kind of depends on. You know, your and what you really kind of want to call it. There's so many different variations, yeah, you know, right. different stouts, and different IPAs that, like you said, it's it's almost endless. So it seems like sour beers are coming. Like everybody wants sour beers. Do you guys talk about that? Like you guys doing it? What is the process of 
creating a sour beer? Is that not on your on your plate? No. Um, so our our <laughs> Berliner, our punch bowl, is technically a sour. Oh, we, cool. Yeah. So it is. We we do sour it. So we you know we're aware of like where the market is, and mm-hmm. of course. You know, IPAs, of course, you know, they've kind of dwindled down a little bit. Of course, sure. they're good. You know, you always try them. But, yeah, the, the fruited sours, the fruity beers, those are definitely, you know, on the upcoming. A lot of people are going back to traditional style beers, like oh, the okay. lagers, like the, you know, the um, Pilsners. The Pilsners. Pilsners. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, we're aware of that. We brew a Pilsner every year for Christmas for our family. It's been you know, almost a tradition that, well, two years running. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we're aware of the market. And so, you know, souring is, it is a process. Mm-hmm. We kettle sour, which means we, we add a lactobacillus to our, our wort. Uh, so we'll bring it to a boil. We'll just kind of kill off any kind of bacteria that mm-hmm. might be in there. Add a lactobacillus, which is a bacteria to it. Let that sour the beer. It takes about, for us, it takes about 26, 28 hours. Okay. And then after that, we'll boil it off, and then that's what you know creates your sourness of the wort. Uh, so you know we do sours, and you know we're we're experimenting with different yeast strains, which do assist with that too. Uh, so yeah, we're aware we uh, we're going to be doing a, a farmhouse IPA. That's going to be our next oh, experimental cool. one. So not t- not really a sour, but it, you know Close, get that yeah, twang, 20, that, that yeah. farmhouse twang. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we you know and again, yeah, fruity beer is kind of just like it's. That's what's in right now. People yeah. like it. They, they, they like the color. They just... Color sells. Yeah, color does sell. Mm-hmm. If you have a pretty beer, we have a Loganberry Ale that... Ooh. Yeah, it's a bright pink. It, people love it just because it just pops out of the glass like that. So, so where do you get your fruit from? Are they local? Uh, no, so we actually... We get our fruit from our, our grain supplier. Our, um, so our our, you know, our supplier for all our ingredients. It's, um, it's fresh fruit, but it's... I don't want to say pasteurized, but it's... It's a puree. It's like a puree, yeah. Oh, so, okay. yeah, so we don't have to worry about any bacteria getting into it. It's all it's all sanitized pretty much. So we don't we can pitch it directly into the wort once we're done with our fermentation. That's how we do ours for the punch bowl at least. Um, so we don't have to worry about any, you know introducing any bacteria. Any Probably makes it so much easier. It really does. So you started going to Wegmans for your fruit, and now you link up with these guys. <laughs> yeah, is that yeah. what happened? I mean, okay. Wegmans never has any sales. I mean, I love Wegmans, but I mean, I, I mean, I just feel like I'm spending a fortune. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. true. <laughs> so here we got a uh, public secret. Yeah. So this is public secret. So this is our imperial stout. It's ten and a half percent. It comes a little bit heavier. Um, <laughs> but, um, this one we we to- we uh, we condition it on toasted coconut, so you do get a little Ooh. of that backburn in the coconut. Oh yeah. Uh, again, coffee because we love coffee. Yeah, absolutely. This one we have Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee in it, and then Madagascar vanilla. Nice. Derek's just d- yeah. You don't have to say anything else. You should have led with that. I like how both of these so far, and I don't know how if it's all of yours, but it starts with that initial carbonation. But then it settles so quickly, so you just get all flavor. Right. Yep. That, is that by design? We or? do that by design. Okay, yes. Cool. Yeah, they know what they're doing, dude. That is awesome. <laughs> That's why they're on the pod. That is so good. <laughs> true. True. Uh, we, you know, and we've talked about it before. We've had stouts that have been overcarbonated, which it does take away from the flavor that's in there because you're just tasting the bubbles. And by mm-hmm. the time you swallow it, you're like, what did I just taste? Like, what is there? Right. Uh, we, so we've had beers that have been overcarbonated. We've also had stouts that have been undercarbonated, where it's almost not enjoyable to drink almost. True. And. You know, so we found a, a healthy balance between the two where you can pour it out. You can still get that little bit of head retention. As you see, it goes away just a little bit as mm-hmm. it sits. But if you shake it, you know, you twirl it, it comes back. Yeah. So it is done by design. It, I feel like it's that right now we're in that healthy balance between, you know, carbonation and still getting enough, though, where you get the mouthfeel of what a stout should be, um, but without it being flat. 
And you get that by aging, kind of like keeping it in cans? Or how um, it I mean, it? well, canning it does, you know, when a beer sits in a can, it can adjust the carbonation level in there. Okay. But, you know, when we actually carbonate it after we move it from oh, the fermenter okay. into gotcha. a keg, uh, we, we calibrate how much CO2 we're pumping into the beer. So that's all, that's all calib- you know, determined by the amount of CO2, the level of pressure that's going into it, and how long it's going to be, you know, so, you know, CO2 is going to be saturating inside the wort. Sure. So I have an off question. So you've been doing this for two years. You got pretty good at it after about the first year, right? Sure, yeah. I assume. After, yeah. Okay, so after about a year, year and a half, you, you had your system. Things were going great. Did you ever just, like, mess up and you literally cried when you had to dump it? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I walked like, in a few times. Just, uh, just, on just a mental floor, breakdown. Just a fetal position on the ground. <laughs> Socks are just so, there's just cloths everywhere. I, mean, I couldn't tell. Um, I, I didn't know he wore mascara that day, but he did. It was running down his socks. It was weird. Uh, but I mean, we learned a lot about each other and our process that day. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's happened a few times. We're not too proud to say it. Uh, I mean, we, it's, it's, it's like, again, it's a process. You, yeah. uh, again, we're not brewing on these uh, huge systems where, you know, if we have to pour one down. Um, we're okay with it, you know. It's it's better than it's it's a learning process. But yes, uh, we've had a few of those. Yeah, how do you how do you guys work as a dynamic as brothers? Is it easier than like a friend, or is it harder? Or? I think honestly, it keeps us really in check with each other. I mean, Dylan and I, growing up, it's to the same right now. Uh, our family instilled, you know, you guys are brothers. You guys are will always be your, each other's best friends, no matter what. Um, that's really held true uh, throughout. We had our, you know, like just like any brothers, you had your back and forth, your, you know, your fights over stupid, stupid shit from time to time. Yeah. But um, honestly, we're comfortable enough with each other, and we know that our hearts are both in the right place when we say things. Whereas if coming back to just something as easy as the names of something, if he doesn't agree with something I say, I don't think it's just because he wants to have the one up on me. Um, and he takes it the same way as uh, when if, if I have a critique about one of the beers that he makes. Um, you know, so I honestly think being brothers and not somebody who's friends and afraid to say things and afraid to step over somebody's toes or offend somebody because they might decide to no longer be your friend anymore, mm-hmm. that gives us a, a better dynamic as a group because he's not going anywhere i'm not going anywhere it's it's prior brothers you know yeah that's what we're about i think too like we did a pretty good job from the start of you know again i you know i handle anything you know anything beer so anything like liquid what you're drinking anything packaging everything that goes through me and joel you know he does a lot of the business things he does a lot of the financial work you know things of that nature that make briar brothers a business right so you know i think we do a good job at do, sticking to our roles where we're not st- or, or in our roles where we're not stepping on each other's toes yeah where, maintaining you know. your lanes right yeah. Yeah. but then again coming together though when we have to when it comes to you know discussing things again Joel will give me feedback on beer all the time like he'll be like hey I think you should try doing this or what if you tried doing this and it never comes out like like it's like a, a jab it never yeah. comes out that way it's always in you know with his best heart you know in mind and so we do a good job at that. We, you know, we know how to be brothers, and you know, we still bicker and everything like that, like anybody. But we also know how to get down to business too, and yeah. you know, kind of put our heads down and just grind it out. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! That's awesome. <laughs> I'll drink to that. Yeah. Seriously, cheers. cheers. Right. That was our beep yeah. for this episode. Yeah, really. So the, the, <laughs> the four of you, or you guys, got tattooed. 
with yeah. the logo. Yeah. And there was four of you in the picture. Mm-hmm. Who are the other two individuals? Are they associated with the company at all or no? I, they're the most loyal backers that oh, we yeah. have. <laughs> um, both of them. Clearly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> honestly, that's, that's what it comes down to. You can see this picture on our Instagram as well. Um, it's just me, Dylan, and then our buddy John and our buddy Nick. Um, they have been the guys from the beginning who are like, this beer sucks. This first one. <laughs> yeah, they, they had the they had the they had the bad beers. Like they, we they, we tortured them enough, so now they get to now they get to enjoy the the good ones now with us. <laughs> they were the ones who were like, this this beer sucks, but keep going, keep going. And anytime that we had any doubts, anytime that we had questions about if we should keep doing this, aside from each other motivating us, it was them, you know. And uh, they've continued to push us and make sure that we're staying the course and. They we came up with the idea like wouldn't it be crazy if we got a tattoo and they're like sign me up they had no second guesses <laughs> on awesome. it that's <laughs> amazing how quick can we do it so cool. and it's not a small tattoo either right. uh, it takes up a good portion of our thighs <laughs> so <laughs> where where is it again it's uh, left thighs right above the knee solid you yeah. get them with some of those uh those nine inch shorts come yeah, summertime yeah, you yeah. can see them peeking out the bottom nice. <laughs> you, get a, you know you're lucky if you get a glimpse of them you know so, <laughs> if, you're not, if you're not blinded by the whiteness yeah, yeah it's very, <laughs> very pale down there so so when you buy stock you basically get a free glimpse <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what i'm talking about well i kind of piggybacking off what joel said too you know john nick incredible guys and but even there's more people behind it too you know maybe not the ones who are crazy enough to get tattooed on them <laughs> yeah. but you know for example like my roommate alex like he helps day-to-day things like with you know if i'm like hey can you help me can this beer you know i don't want you know it could take a while and he's always more than happy to help and anybody there anybody you tell that you're working on opening a brewery they they thrive like they get behind you so and they back you and they try to help you the best that they can whether it be somebody's like oh i know this guy or mm-hmm. hey you know i do this i mean you know and so i think that in itself is what help you know what keeps us going is the community and the people that support us and push us and want to see us want to see us succeed and call them briar brothers backers yeah the backers. there you go yeah. yep nice. keep it going <laughs> but yeah i mean that's exactly right i mean there's uh there's never a shortcoming of people who want to help out i mean not looking for anything in return mm-hmm. just wanting to be just be on the, on the sidelines just rooting you right. on and waiting yeah. for your your dream and to become a real thing that they get to experience with you it's an, it's it's crazy because it's not an easy process making profits <laughs> off of this stuff it takes a while yeah i mean just to even open the doors it takes a while yeah. uh, i mean we've been you know doing our our thing here for two years now and you know i mean within the last six to nine months we've started the figure out what we need to do to actually make it a real thing and open some doors and pour some beers for people. And mm-hmm. that part's not easy either. So, I mean, to have people that are willing to stick that out when they're not able to see the large quali- quantity of beer or the huge billboards all over or being able to say that, hey, we're going to this place on, on Friday night, it's it's just it's great, you know. Yeah. Those are the real people you want to surround yourself with. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So at what point does the state kind of benefit your your like goal and dream or do they not and they always just try to nickel and dime because well, I mean, <laughs> like there's everybody always talk, like what we've experienced especially in, in the whiskey side of things is they're like yeah like the farm agricultural act that helped us you know a b and c mm-hmm. and then for the craft beer scene that blew up in buffalo before the whiskeys did mm-hmm. so obviously that was a huge upswing but at what point does it kind of help you it all depends on kind of where you're looking uh 
open, I guess. Okay. There are uh, certain grants that are out there for brand new businesses, not just brewery related. Um, because of the huge upswing in the craft brewery scene in Buffalo, mm-hmm. which is great, um, a lot of those uh, grants for brewery related businesses have kind of come and gone. Um, so as far as how the state benefits, I guess it's just kind of more business, more jobs, and just more profit coming in that they get the tax on. Well, yeah, of course. um, (laughs) uh, But that's kind of really, I guess, how I see it. And I mean, a lot of it, uh, because of how locally driven we are and how much support we get, I mean, a lot of it comes from just the people that we do business with, you know, whether it be, you know, some of the the grain suppliers that we work with or some of the people who make our, our, our products or, you know, help us with different things. It's just kind of like, I guess that's just business helping business in this area. And I think that's probably the closest way that they benefit, really. Gotcha. Yeah. Are you able to test your product along the way, or does it have to be at a certain point to where, like, there's too much bacteria in here? I have no idea about the process, but, like, too much bacteria now, so it's dangerous for me. You can test it along the way. I mean, so... The first, you know, the first yeah, we part. Do it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love testing. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can you can test along the way. Now, you know, when the beer first comes goes into a fermenter, it doesn't taste the greatest. It's wart, technically not beer yet. Uh, but you know, we'll we'll take samples of it. We take readings. There are measurements we take from it before we start fermenting it, just to get an idea of. That's how we determine alcohol percentage, really. So we uh, we always have like a tradition that we'll fill, and I think anybody really has to do it. Um, we'll fill up like one of our like test cylinders that we test um, the Wharton and then you always have to taste it and it never tastes good. No, never. It's yeah. just, it's just, it's, it's room temperature liquid with grain water in it. It's, it's not good. Yeah. Somehow it's still better than that first beer we tried. <laughs> yeah. 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 Somehow, I don't understand. But it's <laughs> and so we get to, we, you know, we taste it then and it gives you kind of an idea of what to expect. Now, obviously you can't be like this beer's going to come out bad, dump it right away because right. yeast has a huge factor on flavor. It's, it's probably one of the bigger ones. Um, so I'll test it before it goes in the fermenter. I'll let it chill for, you know, hang out for about three, four days, let the yeast do its job. I'll taste it again. And then if we're making an IPA, we'll dry hop it, throw hops right in the fermenter, let it, you know, firm, you know, dry hop, get more flavor that way. I will do one final taste before I put it into a keg mm-hmm. just to take more readings on it. And then put it in a keg, let it sit for a day or two after it carbonates. And then that's our product usually. Wow. And so you kind of get an idea as it goes, like what to expect, where you can see the flavor going on things. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you can't determine a beer if it'd be good or not. Well, you can, but you can't, <laughs> you can't let this have you dump it on the drain if you're ta- you know, tasting it from the fermenter because a lot of things can change. Carbonation adds flavor to beer. It adds aroma to beer. Yeah. So that's all, those are all factors. When you chill it down, that also affects the flavor. So mm-hmm. it's not really until it's in a keg carbonated ready to drink that we determine if it's something that we're going to put down the drain or if it's something that we're going to hang around with. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know, you can kind of tell, but, it, you know, it takes time. It, you know, you have to wait around a little bit for it to see if it's a, a product that we're happy with and that we're going to continue to, you know, brew with. So Sure. So it, I, someone, all guys have at least one brew kit for themselves. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like everyone has to at least try it once. Yeah. What advice can you give to somebody starting out that wants to do this and create their own beer to for like either their own consumption or for mass consumption? I think it's a mixture of a couple of things. I mean, one, I mean, it obviously is just don't give up on it. If yeah. you actually really do want to do something with it, then don't let one, two, ten beers uh, deter you from uh, keeping it going. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Um, <laughs> seriously, I mean, at the end of the day, you still have beer. So, I mean, right. you're benefiting in some way, one way, one way or another. There. Um, and then the second thing is, 
don't be, uh, I guess, don't shy away from something as simple sounding as how to brew beer, a book. You know, like like Dylan said, that's the book he read front to back a couple times, and that's what decided, what helped him alter some things that we were doing the first couple of batches that we were making that we weren't too proud of. Uh, but I think it's a combination of both of those things. Just again, it almost sounds like any dream that you have. Right. Don't give up on it. Right. And then two, don't. You know, don't be afraid to reach out. Like Dylan's saying, also, you know, everybody in the community, whether it be local or not, is uh, very happy and willing to share with you uh, what they're doing and what tips that they found along the way. Sure. Now, is there a difference in between, like, between the quality of equipment that you have? I mean, obviously, there is because you wouldn't have bought it if it wasn't a huge difference. But is there uh, a good enough difference where you would suggest people? that want to do this to invest in high quality equipment because it'll taste better or is there not that much of a difference between the two i mean you don't need you don't have to bake uh, break the bank to brew good beer okay we you know we bought our system for multiple reasons because we're going to use it when we open up uh you know our official location is a pilot system that we'll do test batches on that you know what new recipes you can you can brew quality beer right from your stovetop you know, like we did the first, you know, if, if you're familiar with the process and you're aware of what, you know, what's happening and, you know, you do it enough. So I don't, you don't have to buy top end equipment to, to brew good beer. It's, you know, it's not necessary. Sure. We, when, after we did our, our test batches with the kits, we jumped into all grain brewing right away, which is a little bit more advanced in extract brewing, not crazy. And we bought a system, again, it's an electrically heated system five gallon system and you know it was about a thousand dollars for it mm-hmm. and so it's a pretty penny it's not cheap but again to us we had this briar brothers in mind you know sure. when we were doing this so when we bought it again same thing we wanted to eliminate any eliminate any variables that could be avoided with better equipment so again we dropped about a thousand dollars on our five gallon system it worked flawlessly it was you know it was it was fun to brew on it was easy it was very you know and you know, you don't have to break, break the bank. It's a it's a hobby. It doesn't have to be a job. It doesn't have to be, right. you know, it's something that you can do in your free time. A lot of people do that too. You know, you can f- use Home Depot buckets to carbonate your beer, you know, to ferment <laughs> your beer in if you want. Yeah. You don't need these fancy fermenters and like that. So ultimately, I mean, what made it something that we knew we wanted to continue to do is just that we had fun with it. Really, that's right. what it came down to. Um, if you're not, I mean, you're not gonna have success in it. I mean, it sure. just, it makes sense, you know. Um, it gave us not that we needed one and an, another reason to get together and spend four or five hours together, you know, just on a, a random Saturday morning. Um, if you just have fun with it, beer will come, it'll come out okay, it'll come out bad, it'll come out great. Like mm-hmm. it's it's all about just how you're making it, who you're making it with, and ultimately that's that's what's gonna help you get a long way too. Yeah, I agree. That's yeah. awesome. I literally feel like they're just two bros being bros. I know. I and then it. they got their first their first five gallon system showed up, and they looked at each other like, "Dude, we're going places." <laughs> like I, I'm already a pro because this thing is at my doorstop. Like, <laughs> that's, that's honestly, it's that's how brewers are here now. Is it's just bros being bros because yeah. it gets it gets hot in here. Like boiling twenty gallons of anything, it gets warm. Like a lot of it, cut off tanks. A lot of hell yeah, yeah. And cut off tanks. Yeah. That's all it is in here. It's you know, I'm waiting for the mullet. <laughs> I'm trying. That's it. <laughs> it's gonna take a while. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, you know, I'm lucky enough. You know, my roommates. You know, if he's around, he's very interested in the process. He'll hang out with me. We'll, you know, I'll show him things, what's going on. But yeah, it gets hot in here, so it's a very bro day. We'll yeah. be slamming beers and it's so cool, and just hanging out and cut off, you know, cut off some jeans and just 
hanging out. You know, it's, a, it's fun. It's just fun. <laughs> yeah, it's just that's fun awesome. Couldn't help with anything. You open the window. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have another window. Windows, windows are open. Fans are blowing in here because yeah. it gets hot. It gets real warm in here. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. All right. So what do we got in front of us now? All right. So um, this one is. It's called Can I Get a. Uh, it's IPA. Yeah, it's, it's our Newland IPA. It's it's more of like our house IPA. I want to say it's a beer that we brewed a couple times through. Uh, we're really happy with how it comes out every time. It has a very you know aromatic. You know you can taste smell a lot of like the uh, melon flavor to it. It has almost like a mango kind of scent to it. Um, yeah, this is a beer that we're really happy with. That we you know we started you know we brewed it just seeing what would happen. That it would be an experimental brew and it, it came out good. We had a good response. People tried it and we brewed it again. Came out well. This is our third time brewing. This is our third edition of it, and um, yeah. So again, it just has that you know haziness to a little bit there. Um, Mouthfeel. <laughs> That's what you need. Again, it's right. a refreshing drink. Right, and um, it comes in at about six and a half percent. So it's on the again a little heavier side. It's not your you know. Yeah. But again, yeah, it's refreshing. It's just easy to drink. It's it's only heavy if you sweat soy. This is mint. Yeah. <laughs> this is so good. Can we put that on? <laughs> I mean, I just honestly love the name. I think it's a great yeah, name. Can too. I get it? Yeah. So. I mean, it's just kind of like uh, all I picture is that person that's at a crowded bar and they're trying to read through all the crazy names <laughs> that are all these. Can I get a. Exactly. Absolutely. Go for it. And that eliminates that weight. He's like, yes, you can. And yeah. You walk away. It's already yeah. there. <laughs> it's waiting there for you already. So, I mean, that's uh, it's super lucky this beer came out like a banger because this yeah. is. It's, our funniest name I think that we have in. <laughs> and it's not very like over hoppy. Mm-mm, you right. get some of these IPAs or double IPAs that they're doing now and it's just sometimes it's unbearable to drink. Exactly. This is you guys are so consistent across all three of these that they're just oh my, they're very very good. You, you guys know what you're doing. Thank, Thank you. you. This is awesome. <laughs> we, we, we like to pretend we do it. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. Briar Brothers. <laughs> yeah. uh, unofficial slogan. No, yeah. it's not endorsed by this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we literally have a hashtag. It's hashtag not a sponsor because yeah. we, we quote everybody and nothing comes back to us. <laughs> Smart. I like your legal yeah. team too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it just comes down to like again, we we don't want to chew on beers. There's like going to those extremely hoppy and bitey beers. It's it's not something that we've ever enjoyed. There are people out there that want them. We're not those guys, yeah. and that's kind of what we do. We just make beer for people that like drinking beer like we do. That's really what it comes down to. All these seem like everyday drinkers, where you can like even the stouts, the, the stouts that you poured. There, I couldn't see just drinking that a uh, little bit that you gave that you can get full off of them. They're, exactly. they're, because stouts are very overpowering, especially right. like some of the, the craft ones where mm-hmm. you have one and immediately you're like, that was good, but no way I'm having another one because I'll throw up. Yeah. This is just so drinkable and it goes down so easy. Right. Yeah, that's that's kind of where, you know, I was going to start going with that is that, you, you know, some of these IPAs that come out, they're great, they taste great, but you're full. Like yeah. you, you, you can have one and then that's it. You can't have any more. And, and some of that, you know, a lot of AB, that, that boosts off of ABV. If you have a higher alcohol percentage beer, it's going to naturally come out more, you know, bitey or it's going to have that, you know, hop forward. Yeah, that hop forward to it. And we've gone down that avenue. We've, you know, we brewed a double IPA in our early, back in December. Um, but again, it, it wasn't, I don't personally think it was too fulling. It wasn't too, like, you drank when you're like, you felt bloated or heavy at that point. It, it went down real smooth. It didn't bite at the end of it. It was, you know, I'm not trying to. Blow my own head here, but it was it was it came out pretty good. Yeah, you know, I was, I was impressed. With, you know, I was happy with how it came out, and that was you know the first time we brewed it. You know, and 
that would be one that will come out again sometime. But so, what's your favorite one that you have out or that you've made? Uh, I mean, it all comes down to I guess the style. I mean, honestly, I think the best beers that we make are those stouts. Okay. Like, I mean, I think consistently our stouts are amongst the top, at least in this area. Um, and it comes to IPAs. You're drinking it. This is my favorite uh, IPA that he makes. Yeah, this is make. super good. And um, but I mean, these uh, this Punch Bowl series that we're going to get into too is very very fun and it's interesting. Again, it kind of comes out. Um, more so in the spring and the summer when you're going to kind of really get into them because of that uh, citrusy fruits that we're putting into it, that fun kind of pop to it, if you will. Um, And it's just, but I mean, across the board, I think stouts are things that I enjoy the most from this guy. He's just continuing to knock them out of the park. This guy. Yeah, stout, you know, yeah, I agree. Stouts are fun. (laughs) You know, they're fun to play around with. You can the, the it's endless what you can do with a stout. You know, it's whatever you want to throw in it. People throw peppers in the stouts, hot peppers. Really? Yeah, you know, they, yeah. Um, Doesn't Big Ditch have a jalapeno stout or something like that? Maybe. I think so. I think Someone has a jalapeno something. Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. Uh, Ellicottville does one. Oh, okay. Um, I, I don't remember what the name of it is, though. But. So you guys never worked in the, the beer industry at all, have you? I did. Oh, okay. So... I don't, again, I don't have any formal education, never went to any of the ECC programs, sure. you know, anything like that. But I was lucky enough one day to be inside Buffalo Brewing Company. It's downtown, oh, cool. right? Uh, it's right across the street from Beltline, right by 500 Seneca, right mm-hmm. there. And uh, the owner, John Domrez, he was in there and he was, you know, working. It's a very small, you know, small brew house. It's um, a tap room, excuse me. And it's more of a um, distri- distribution. A lot of it just kind of goes out the door okay. to like the bars. And we were talking, I told him, you know, told him what we were getting into that I wanted to get into going into a program like ECC. And he was like, why don't you just come work with me? Like, why don't oh, you just, sweet. you know, just, and he took me right in and it was just him and I in there. There was nobody else. You know, I was his assistant brewer. He was owner, head brewer. He did everything and everything that, you know, a lot of the things that I apply to what I'm doing now is from him. Oh, cool. Yeah. Great guy. And again, that's where it comes through that that um, environment or that culture of just accepting, you know, helping people and wanting to show them. And he knew from the beginning what my goal was, was Briar Brothers was that, you know, and he was not, he didn't hold anything back. Any of his knowledge that he had, he taught me everything. That's so sick. Like you don't hear about stuff like that anymore. The last time literally dudes our age heard about stuff like that was like the Renaissance. <laughs> like the artist right, brought yeah. in a little Padawan yeah. and then raised him up. <laughs> yeah. Like that, you don't hear about that. Right. I think the only inter- industry that has that kind of... <clears throat> Um, like education, I guess you can call it, an apprenticeship is tattooing. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I mean, everything else is pretty much fend for yourself, feeding the wolves, yeah. even like the trades and, and all that. It's it's kind of rare. I think um, a lot of the breweries and the people who are owning them realize that breweries thrive off of other breweries. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're in such a day and age where, you know, these, uh, these brew buses or these party buses or these pedal tours are going from one place to another, you know? Mm-hmm. And the idea of going from one brewery and then going a couple blocks down and going into another brewery is, is huge. You know, that's, that's the culture that we're in right now where all these things are happening. So again, it's, it's, it's one of those places where competition isn't competition. It's just helping your business succeed. Um, a lot of places locally do a lot of collaborations with each other because they know that it benefits both parties. You know, mm-hmm. two breweries getting together, coming up with a recipe, figuring it out together, and bringing their best foot or their strongest suit and matching it with somebody else's strongest suit. 
it just makes for a fun experience. And yeah. again, we we wouldn't be where we are, or we would either be buried if we didn't have those uh, the support from again everybody in this area, sure. which is awesome. Ideally, where would your like most perfect location be when you guys addish, like get to that point? We're in it, are bro. You thinking about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're sitting. In it now. <laughs> is it down in Buffalo, or is it some sort of suburb? Uh, we're kind of like bouncing back and forth yeah. with some of like the uh, the areas and the demographics of the people. Um, we obviously know that location is huge. Absolutely. I mean, I'm going back to that point where we want to be around mm-hmm. other places. Um, I mean, ideally, you know, we're in that area, that uh, that downtown area. Um, you know, old first words, not out of the question, right. you know, going towards the city, going towards the arena, that area is always fun. Um, it's a developing area too. So that'd be huge. Yeah, exactly. Especially with some of the stuff by Riverworks coming in too, like yep. the Encore Golf. Oh yeah. yeah. I'd love to stop for a oh. beer after golf. <laughs> right. I know who wouldn't. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of, I guess if we had our, um, you know, if we had our sights set on one location, it'd be in that area right nice. now. Uh, but you know, we're not, um blind to the uh, you know the suburbs area yeah. our roots in West Seneca you know there's a there's an opportunity there you know with not having much um, or any craft beer exposure out there it's true so I mean you, you gotta we're, we're going back and forth with it and uh, that's kind of where we're at in the process of getting our own spot is just figuring what's going to work best for us and the people that are ultimately going to be drinking our beer that would be huge in West Seneca because you really only have Ebenezer yeah that'd be huge right and then that's where like and then like joel like joel was saying it kind of piggybacks off of well there aren't other breweries out there so how you know they thrive breweries thrive off of each other they, mm-hmm. they really do and so you know would that be an issue or would that not be an issue for us right. would we be able to, would we be able to create an environment for people to come as a destination brewery that they would come and stay and hang out you know that's those are things that you kind of have to take into factor and i i'm pretty sure that's i think we're on the same level when it comes to that is that Wherever that is, suburb or city, as long you know, if the right opportunity comes, the location and you know the price is right, you, you can't be too picky at that mm-hmm. point. And yeah. so, I think that's where we're both at with that. Is just we're fully aware that this brewery or tap room, whatever it is that we first open to get our name and our li- licensing out there, is not going to be our retirement brew house. Right. You know, we need something that's going to get us on the map, get our name out there, and then we'll, you know we'll take it from mm-hmm. there. So that goes to what Dylan said. Right. That price is out there, and then that opportunity is out there. We're gonna seize it, yeah. High That's ceilings, awesome. low rent. Yeah, really. That's it. High yep. ceilings, low rent. <laughs> exactly. That'd be. I mean, there's there's so many things that a lot of people don't think about too. Because you got um, North America Drive, which is an, a huge industrial park for those that are listening that are not familiar with Buffalo oh, yeah. and West Seneca specifically. But you got North America Drive, which is full of different plants. Mm-hmm. You also have Union Concrete. Mm-hmm. That's oh, yeah. all right there, and then all those dudes. After oh, yeah. after a twelve hour shift of building the ninety, <laughs> they definitely want a beer. Oh yeah, oh yeah, hell yeah, that'd be awesome. I want a beer just driving the ninety? <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Not while driving the ninety. Let's, no, be, no. let's be clear on that. <laughs> not while driving. Actually, not sponsored. Yeah, nice cover. So, how can people help you guys? Obviously, without buying your product, how can they help? Follow your Instagram and just follow your passion and, until you get there. Buy some merch. Yeah, buy I mean, some yeah. merch. Yeah. We got some merch, uh, so I mean, reach out. We honestly, uh, we're kind of in a, we're in the stage where we're a few weeks out from having our actual website up and running oh, cool. here. So we are working with the local developer uh, to get that out there, um, which will hopefully drive some of our merchandise sales as well. Um, but yes, following us on Instagram, keeping up with us, just kind of looking and liking and everything that we're doing, uh, it helps. I mean, because 
we could post a, a thousand pictures and it doesn't matter if nobody cares about it yeah. because when we open up we're not gonna it's not gonna be the four guys that had tattoos on their thighs that are gonna make this could be able to drink all the beer they give it a good shot but I mean they're not gonna be able to <laughs> drink it all themselves so uh, we just when that time comes we need you know people and the only way we're really gonna be out there is from everybody talking about us mm -hmm. and being interested in us and just keeping up with us we're gonna get there so you're uh, you're not following a, a dead end account, I promise. Yeah, and <laughs> you guys are very open to everything too. So if you send a direct message to either of you guys, oh, yeah. you respond within minutes. So if you guys yeah. want to learn, if anyone listening wants to learn about your process or right. kind of an update on where you guys are at, just shoot you a message. And exactly. You Stop guys will respond. I mean, yeah. like I said, we got a bro day coming yeah. down uh, every. It seems like <laughs> once or twice a week. So yeah. you your cut off tanks. Yeah, we have bro tanks and uh, come on down. I might it's... need a pair of boots because it's a little wet in there. Yeah, so we're, we're all right. You can help out too. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. No, no handouts around there. That's awesome. What, what's your uh, what's your Instagram handle? Uh, so we're at Briar Brothers Brewing. So it's all one word. Uh, one thing that I like to stress, and it's just it's a, I don't know, it's a pet peeve of mine. And it has no reason to be. But oh. It's the Briar Brothers is one word. There's two capital B's in it, but there's no space between Briar and Brothers. Yeah, the Briar and the Brothers. Um, but so that's why we have three B's in our logo. Because Briar Brothers is yeah. one word, but two capitals. But yes, we're at Briar Brothers Brewing Company, uh, or Briar Brothers Brewing uh, on Instagram, and that's where you can find us. Cool. Can we have them on the pet peeve section? Yes. Yeah, okay. we literally just recorded an episode. Yeah, we saw, yeah I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're getting fired up talking about the 90s. We were getting uh, heated. Uh, I, I, was just, I was watching your one um, episode about um, snowboards or snowboarding that you guys are, you oh, guys yeah. are planning on going yeah. somewhere or going. We, we would love to. to get out we would there. love to. Yeah. Do you guys snowboard? No, God oh. no. <laughs> we should the, try it. I skied for the last time uh, a year, almost a year ago now. I uh, went down. Wasn't the Bunny Hill? It was whatever. I think it's Schoolhouse in Holiday. Oh, yeah. uh, just trying to learn. My girlfriend was teaching me doing the you know pizza and French fries yeah. routine. Um, <laughs> I was told it was going to be just like... Was, do, you, do you know what that is? Yes. Okay. Oh, it's awesome. I was told if you're good at uh, ice skating, you'd be decent at skiing. Um, oh, so gosh. I was learning to try to stop, toppled over, okay. shoulder came out of its socket, I was brought wow. down on <laughs> the back of a snowmobile, and it was a whole thing. Uh, so that was the last time I was out on any plank um, on snow, so... I will not be joining that outing, but <laughs> I would happily enjoy myself in the, 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 how, the what do they call it? The, the lodge. lodge. Yeah, yeah. Watching you guys. You want to go? Well, we'll oh, let God, you know when we're man. going. I so I, so like back in high school, I bought a snowboard, and I wasn't the slimmest of kids back in high school, and um, I bought I bought all the gear. I, I, I balled out. I bought it all. I went once, and I awful it was like the worst thing of my life and then the one part that was like this isn't for me is that I, I i hit so hard my foot my feet came out of the bindings and the board went down the hill without me wow literally that's the most action that board got was without me on top of it like, it was just it went right down and had to walk down the whole hill but was your shoulder fine yeah i mean okay. come on. So, I don't think come on, so this is your sour that you just poured yeah so this is our sour oh, okay um, i thought it was just leftover from the first one no 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 yeah sorry i saw you kind of cuvade it so i'll yeah, <laughs> Jesus! I literally mixed. I'm so, I can taste the sour. I get it. I'm all in. All no, in. Here, just I drank it off of a tart. Yeah. <laughs> I drank it out of I was like, all right, all right. You know, you do it. It falls. You went over your life. That's super good. I've drank enough. So this um, this beer likes to come out of the can. Uh, so all of our cans are pop top open. 
Uh, we we did that for a couple of reasons. One, marketing people love like you just pop the whole top off. Um, then also there's a couple more factors to it. So when you pour it out, so when you pour a beer out of a traditional, you know, that tab style beer can, it bubbles out. So it creates extra foam head retention. It kind of takes away from, you know, drinkable beer almost. So when you have a full lid like that, it allows air in to flow out. So it pushes beer out a little bit smoother. That's why when we poured our beers for you, you weren't getting this huge amounts of head on the top. So that was another factor. And then another thing too, this is maybe just me or anybody really, when you drink anything, you always smell it. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a big believer that smell and aroma affects flavor, too. Absolutely. So for the time that you're on the golf course or you're you know, out at a party and you have a can of Briar Brothers, you pop the top off. When you put your nose and you drink it, your nose goes into the can. Sure. So you can pick up that aroma as Instead well. Of Instead of getting cut on the lip. Yeah, or right. Or pushing it, pressing <laughs> up against the, pole, yeah. you know, the aluminum you know, top. So now there are a couple of factors as to why we do it. You know, we're happy with them. Again, with our, with our fruited beers, at least. Again, the beer does like to come out. Um, it's exciting. This is very good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's one. Um, is so this pineapple is in there? Mango. Mango? Yeah, okay. this is our mango punch bowl. It's a Berliner style, you know, Berliner Weiss. We add vanilla and lactose to it oh, as well, wow. uh, which kind of gives it that creamy mouthfeel mm-hmm. almost, and it kind of adds a little bit of haze. Obviously, the um, the puree does that as well. Yeah. But yeah, it's a very drinkable beer. This one comes in about 5%, five percent, five and a okay. half. Uh, so Sneaky. Yeah, it's sneaky <laughs> for sure. And yeah, we're really happy with this one. This is something that we've, you know, we knock on wood have batches coming out soon of with, you know, and we're going to experiment different fruits, how they react. You know, we're going to do a couple of mixtures of, you know, different ones together. But yeah, we're, this is, you know, we're happy with this one. And, you know, that again, reaches out to that fruit beer drinking market, you know, along with our, our Loganberry Ale, which again is, it's an ale. It's not really a sour, so it's not as, doesn't have that bite to it. Sure. But uh, yeah, they're, you know, real drinkable, real easy and. They're fun to make too. I mean, I like making sours. Yeah, good summertime crushes. So when people make a home brew at home, just like out of their kit, they normally, like, if you ever get a beer from them, they say just only pour and leave a little bit because of sediment at the bottom. Mm-hmm. What causes the sediment at the bottom, and why isn't there any with yours? Um, a couple things. So <clears throat> when you're brewing a home brew kit, you're usually brewing on buckets. So buckets don't have so fermenters are they're conical, so they have that that cone shape on the bottom. Okay. So when when you have more advanced equipment, you're allowed, it's called cold crashing, which means you, you chill the wart down the beer at this point to just above like 38 degrees, 40 degrees. And all of that sediment, all of that, that all that um, yeast and suspension drops to the bottom. Oh, okay. And you're able to filter that out to the bottom. And again, there are breweries that do have filtration systems. We don't. Um, so with that, that eliminates it. Now, some of our IPAs do still have sediment in them. Um, you'll see on the bottom of the can. It's just natural. It's haze from the hops that are in there and just the yeast that still sits there. The yeast strains that we use for our IPAs are low flocculent, which means that they stay in suspension longer and they're harder to get out of suspension. So that does cause the um, that that sediment on the bottom. Sure. But with home brewing, especially bottle conditioning, you're not there's not really much filtration. You're just you're just siphoning it out of a bucket, which it will stay there. Yeah. Um, so. That's you know that's why and you're not cold crashing in buckets either really too much unless you have the equipment again the equipment to do that which again you're spending more money yeah yeah and also the you chose cans Mm -hmm. instead of bottles Mm -hmm. was there a reason behind that because of the nose uh, Um, the smell that you were talking about or was it just you wanted cans we well there's a couple factors so bottles are just they're they're more expensive well they're more they're heavier Mm -hmm. they're they take up more room cans are light they were cheaper true. for us cans are in right now yeah i mean yeah it's true i mean yeah. everybody is doing you know putting together four packs or six packs or whatever it is that they're doing 
And cans are in they're easy to grab. I mean, you don't have to carry an opener mm-hmm. with you when you're when you're drinking them. I mean, it's just kind of it made sense. And I mean, the whole process of you know no light getting in there too helps yeah. with keeping our beer sure. longer. Yeah, it keeps um, it fresher. So because right. then you got to deal with the color of the can, right? Right. Because I'm I'm or, a huge or, I, oh, the, or the yeah. color of the bottle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I'm I'm a huge proponent. I like Green Lives Matter. Green bottled beers taste be, taste better to me. Okay. So Stella Peroni, all right. that stuff right. tastes better than darker bottled beers. Okay. Sure. Because it affects, I mean, from what I know, it Light. makes it skunkier or whatever, yeah, yeah. and I, I like that taste too. Yeah. My, my beer sometimes. Okay. So with cans, you don't have to worry about that. At no, all. a lot less uh, like <clears throat> penetrating. Yeah. Meaning none. Yeah. Yeah. We don't zero. A lot less. Zero. It is a lot less. See, I think that's kind of where it is. It's more. So it's between that. It's the fad right now, mm-hmm. and. I mean that's really what you got to keep up with. Yeah. Easier to store too. Yeah. Every, every, mm-hmm. I just think cans are just easier in True. general. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done a couple of stouts and bottles. Oh, one or two in bottles are stouts. Bigger uh, our bigger stouts. Uh, last year we released like a 13, 14 percenter. Dude, we put those in wow. uh, bombers. Um, so yeah, it just it kind of depends. But True. you know we're not we're not against bottles. Eventually we'll be doing you know bottle stouts things like that. Mm-hmm. We I personally want to start getting into more you know. Um, like saison traditional style beers, okay. you know things like that, or you know wild ales that you can ferment right in the bottle, or let it you know carbonate naturally in the bottle, things like that. So that will eventually come down the road. You know it'll it'll something that come up that we will play with bottle conditioning and things like that. So, so speaking of that, what else would you like to highlight about about your company, like future states or anything? This is just your time. What would you like to highlight about Briar Brothers coming up or anything? I mean, it kind of just goes back to you staying tuned. I mean, really, um, our best days are still ahead of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's cliche as it sounds. I mean, that's right. really what it is. Um, I mean, I'm confident in saying that every beer that we've made, for the most part, is always getting better. Um, we're learning new things as we go. People are teaching us new things. We're learning new things not only about beer making, but ourselves and what our actual um, opportunities are out there. Um, so. I'd say that's really the biggest thing about us is that stay with us. Again, we're not we're not planning on going away. This mm-hmm. isn't something that again is just is just a hobby. It started as a hobby for sure. It started as a, uh, a last ditch Christmas gift, but I mean <laughs> it wound up coming from uh, from something that was just to kill time and try and fill our beer fridge until being something that we could hopefully fill other people's beer fridges with you know that's ultimately our goal um i mean we're i mean that's really all i can say is that we're we're not going anywhere we're here for the long run we guys we want you guys to be too Mm -hmm. and that's uh that's really i guess what we're all about and and i think yeah i think too like you know we're very transparent in what we're doing you know we from the beginning and a lot of breweries that you see you just see them open up one day you don't really know like where they came from or what they are and i think we took more of an unorthodox approach to it where we we announced what we were doing before any of that was set in place, before we had the building. And we want people to kind of watch us grow into, mm-hmm. you know, one day when they're sitting in a tap room drinking our beer, they're like, we saw these guys when they were working in their kitchen. And, yeah. you know, then that will be fun for us to reflect on. And I feel like people who have been following us from the start are going to be able to, like, to almost see that success, you know, feel and feel like, and they are a part of that success mm-hmm. because they support us from the start. And that's something that, that is why I think where we are today is just the support that we have. Yeah. It's still surreal because, uh, I mean, there's such a huge community out there uh, that support craft beer and the process itself that, uh, you know, Dylan and I will be out, you know, in a group of people, whether it be at another brewery or just at a a different event uh, that's about beer. And there's a lot of the Buffalo beer geeks 
um, that will actually, it's a Facebook group, so I promise. Buffalo it's beer keys. Yeah, Buffalo Beer Keys is a thing. Join uh, it when I get home. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a few questions you have to answer to make sure you know something about gotcha. beer. Gotcha. <laughs> this, this process should help you. Do you like beer? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you're perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still so surreal because there are people that will actually come up to Dylan or myself and just be like, are you the guys from Briar Brothers? Oh, sweet. Or we'll yeah. see random people that, I mean, not random, but you know, people that are friends of friends that have... Or like our shirts on and it's just it's at that point where we don't really believe it that it's gonna like that there could be somebody out there that we don't know that's wearing our shirt sure. having a sticker of ours or seeing a sticker in like Coulter Bay or one of the other restaurants or something like that man it's just we didn't put those there right it's just cool to see that like somebody else had it they want to be out there and uh but yeah I mean it's it's just such a fun process it's been such a fun ride so far and I mean, like I said, our best days are ahead of us yeah. for sure. It's so dope. Yeah, you guys are doing it the right way. Build a base now, open yeah. it later. That way, it's sustainable. Let's hope so. That's great. <laughs> no, yeah. Good job. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. We really appreciate everything. Uh, These beers were fantastic. Thank you. Definitely go follow them on Instagram because they're going places. This is this is delicious. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's yeah. Thank you. Thanks for drinking with us. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Literally anytime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As long as you wear the bro tank, your yeah. door's open. Yeah. Yeah. Door's open. Now we know dress code for next time. It's hot in here. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's why the yeah. It's not an open door policy. Cool. Thank you guys. Right. Appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.